Today we will discuss your savings and today's inflation. Then we will talk about employment across each state and the current bull market. I'm Alan Lanier and this is The Economic State. Alright, let's get straight into the news. U.S. banks are swimming in money as deposits increase by $2 trillion amid the coronavirus. It's the banking world's version of the rich getting richer. A record $2 trillion surge in cash hit the deposit accounts of U.S. banks since the coronavirus first struck the U.S. in January, according to the FDIC data. The wall of money flowing into banks has no precedent in history. In April alone, deposits grew by $865 billion, more than the previous record for an entire year. The gains were all driven, in one way or another, by the response to the pandemic. The government unleashed hundreds of billions of dollars to bolster small businesses and individuals via stimulus checks and unemployment benefits. The Federal Reserve began a barrage of efforts to support financial markets, including an unlimited bond-buying program and an uncertain future prompted decision-makers from two-person households to global corporations to hoard cash. More than two-thirds of the gains went to the 25 biggest institutions, according to the FDIC, and that was concentrated at the very top of the industry, J.P. Morgan, Chase, Bank of America, and Citigroup, the biggest U.S. banks by assets, grew much faster than the rest of the world, uh, rest of the industry in the first quarter, according to the company data. Any way you look at it, this growth has been absolutely extraordinary, said Brian Foran, an analyst at Autonomous Research. Banks are flooded with cash. They're like Scrooge McDuck swimming in money. There are several reasons why the American megabanks, survivors of the last 2008 crisis, were the main beneficiaries of the deposits bonanza. When states began instituting shutdowns in March, corporations including Boeing and Ford immediately drew assets, tens of billions of dollars from lines of credit, and that money was initially parked at the banks making those loans. Big banks also serviced a large chunk of customers in the Paycheck Protection Program, the government's $660 billion effort to prop up small businesses. Since lenders mostly catered to existing customers, the money first landed in bank accounts of the firms that facilitated the loans. Institutions known as trust banks, which are custodians for the investments of asset managers like BlackRock or Fidelity, gained deposits when the Fed bond-buying program snapped up billions of dollars of mortgage-backed securities. J.P. Morgan and Citigroup have large custody divisions. And of course, the megabanks simply have the most U.S. retail customers, ordinary people with few options to spend money while sheltering at home. The personal savings rate hit a record of 35%, 33% in April, the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis said last month. Personal income actually climbed 10.5% that month, thanks to the $1,200 stimulus check and unemployment benefits that totaled more than a worker's regular income in some cases. All that money flowed into banks. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan told CNBC last month that checking accounts below $5,000 in balances actually had up to 40% more money in them before the pandemic began. Megabanks, with their coast-to-coast networks of branches, have relied on plentiful deposits as a key advantage in the post-financial crisis era. They are one of the cheapest sources of funding for loans, 
helping the industry mint record profits even in a time of low interest rates. But banks, which will be cautious lending money in the midst of a recession, are running out of uses for their growing mountain of cash, according to Foreign. A lot of banks are saying there's frankly not much we can do with, right, with it right now, he said. They have more deposits than they know what to do with. If deposit boom is merely one sign of the steps taken to blunt the financial harm from the pandemic, it remains to be seen what the ultimate consequences are for the government's historic spending binge. Some experts see a collapse in the dollar coupled with higher inflation. Others see a stock market bubble in the making. One consequence for savers will be more immediate, says Foreign. Banks are sure to lower their already paltry interest rates since they don't need more of your money. There's another article by CNBC. There's nearly $5 trillion parked in money markets as investors, many investors are still afraid of stocks. The stock market's rapid rally from its March lows has brought the NASDAQ composite back to record highs and the S&P 500 nearly positive for a year. But trillions in cash remain parked on the sidelines. The coronavirus sell-off sent investors fleeing into money market funds, which ballooned well above $4 trillion, surpassing the peak of the financial crisis. According to research by LPL Financial, the flood into money markets pushed the sector's assets to the highest on record, peaking at $4.672 trillion during the week of May 13th, according to the Refinitiv Leper, whatever that is. And even recent net outflows have left more than 90% of that increase intact. Money markets aren't the only sign that investors are holding cash outside of stocks and bonds. Deposits at banks have spiked as well, according to data from the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. Ryan Dietrich, senior market strategist at LPL Financial, said the high cash levels showed that many retail investors were scared off by the earlier volatility and have missed out on the rebound. Even after the 45% rebound, give or take, in the S&P, we haven't seen really the big part of the retail crowd come back in and kind of shows, again, that a lot of people are really still on the sidelines. When the coronavirus spread from China into other countries and slammed into the financial markets, it sparked the fastest ever 30% pullback in the U.S. stocks and liquidity issues in the debt market as investors tried to get their hands on cash. Basically, anything that was liquid that you could sell was put up on the auction block, said Neela Richardson, investment strategist at Edward Jones. Even with the Federal Reserve stepping in to support credit markets and the stock market's dramatic rebound, that gap has persisted. Through early June, assets under management for money market funds had spiked by more than 28% to date, while equity funds and ETFs had shrunk slightly according to the Bank of America. Fixed income funds overall fell slightly as well, despite inflows to high-yield debt funds. With the end of the second quarter approaching, there could be a move from fund managers to reinvest that cash in stocks to reach allocation targets. Richardson said she expects the market to make a technical move higher as investors move back into stocks or high-yield bonds from cash, especially which interest rates are low. Real, with real returns being basically nothing and the Federal Reserve saying that they expect to keep the federal funds rate near zero through 2022, That only amplifies the incentive to rotate back into equities, Richardson said. David Waddell, 
CEO of wealth strategist firm Waddell and Associates, said he thought the effect of those rotations would be marginal, but that the impact of the extra could be seen in the emphatic dip buying. Those that are under allocated are probably taking advantage of any red tape. For retail investors who cashed out, however, the market volatility may have spooked them enough to keep that money out of stocks for a long time, for a long time Dietrich said. It really could be a while. When you have bear markets like we just had, it could shell shock investors, potentially for years. All right, so let's talk about it. So many of us, if we are investors, we have seen the volatility over the past couple of months. Whenever unemployment dropped drastically and the, each state started to lock down, the U.S. economy came to a halt and stock markets started to plunge. We all saw this in late March and all of April. And early, some of this month, we saw some of a rally, a little bit of a rally. Uh, last week and the week before, there was a little bit back of a dip, but now we are still teetering upwards. So what we can get out of this is that there are many people who are afraid to invest and they're piling up as much cash as possible, either in their savings, in their checking accounts, or in money market funds. They're either cashing out stocks they already had, putting in market money, market money funds, or whatever they get, whatever money they get from stimulus checks or from unemployment, they're hoarding it into banks. Which isn't a terrible thing. Most people, most people want to save money and for most people, saving is a good idea. But there is a problem when it comes to saving too much money, especially for our economy. When people save too much money, the U.S. economy suffers. There's, a not, there's not enough money moving in our economy and being used. It's just staying put and losing power. It's losing buying power. If you don't know what buying power is, whenever you put money in savings, savings has if you, a savings account will pay dividends, they pay, pay dividends uh, at best one percent, most or less than point like half percent. And if you know what inflation is, inflation decreases the value of the dollar. And in current inflation, on average, is two and a half percent. When you put your money in savings, where savings dividends interest is half a percent or less you are losing 2% value year over year of your money in your, in your savings. Even with uh, CDs or money, money market funds, at best, they are at 1.5%. Sometimes you can get 2%. So for the average investor, wherever you look at investing newsletters or financial advisors, they say the average investor should expect an 8 or six to eight percent return it depends on who you talk to the main thing is inflation is going to rise because the the u.s government had to print money it either had to borrow money or it had to print money there was no way around that in order to give out those stimulus checks and unemployment checks if you're hoarding your money in savings i know it rationally it seems like a good idea but in the long term, it is a poor idea. Literally, it is a poor idea. The longer you keep your money in savings and not investing it in the stock market, it is more likely to lose buying power. Year over year, you could be losing 2% of your buying power. And if you that versus not investing, you could be losing even more. Whereas if you invest in even a mutual fund, even though I, 
I dislike mutual funds or even bonds. Investing in those could yield a better return than hoarding it in savings. When you're putting your money in savings, it's doing nothing. It's not doing you anything. It, your money is not working for you. It's just sitting there losing money. Your money is, lo- your money is losing money. My advice to you is to get that money out of savings and invest as soon as possible. During times like these, everything is on sale. What I mean is when stocks go down during uh, times like these, like in 2008, where the stock market crashed, or even before that in the stock market bubble in the early 2000s, or 1999 and 2000, the dot-com bubble, everything's on sale. Whereas it was at a 52-week high, or what is very high, but it is now significantly lower than what it was. And even lower than what it is actually valued. So my suggestion is that you get out of your savings account. Get that money out of there. Even purchase a newsletter. There are tons of good investing newsletters that you can buy. Go find a good one. Maybe even find a friend who has one and that can suggest one to you and purchase it. Subscribe to the newsletter and start investing in those stocks that the guy, the person who writes the newsletter suggests. That way you're not losing money because keeping it in money market funds and keeping it in CDs, keeping it in your savings account is losing you money. You need to put it back into the market because it's not just good for you, it's good for everybody else. It's a win-win for everybody if you do that. Whereas if you pull it out of the market, that's money that's not being, that's not in circulation in the economy. All right, so let's go to our second segment. Our second segment, we're gonna be talking about employment in each state. Uh, As states open up, employment is rising in each state. Even though cases are rising as well, uh, employment is going up. So it is a a situation where there is good news and bad news, but the good news is still good news. So if you are in those states, if you live in Texas or you live in Florida, you're going to work, you're going back to work. Whereas if you live in California and New York, you may not be going back to work, you may be, staking, may be still taking unemployment checks. Which even mentioned in the other article that that might be more than what you were making before. All right, so let's go ahead and go over this article. The states where employment is recovering the best and failing the most. It goes without saying that some states are recovering better than those, better than others. Both in terms of the public health catastrophe that hit, that hit primarily parts of the West Coast and almost all of the Northeast, and the job market. Let's look at the job market. Here are the top five best and worst states where unemployment rates are bouncing back most, based on data compiled by the Wallet Hub, by Wallet Hub a consumer financial service website. All data is for May 2020. Washington, D.C., 8.5% unemployment rate, up 54.3% from May 2019. Nebraska, 5.1% statewide unemployment rate, a 74% increase from May 2019. New Mexico, 8.8% statewide unemployment rate, up 86.9% from last year. Mississippi, 10.5% unemployed, up 88.6% from last May, and the last, and the last of the best. Arizona, 8.7% unemployed, 
up 91.4% from last year. Understandably, the best don't look all that great. Their unemployment levels are high, especially versus last year. But that's nothing compared to the bottom five. Michigan, 20.7% unemployed, and that is up 433%, 33.8% from a year ago. New Hampshire, 14.5% unemployed, up 464%, 4.6% from May 2019. Vermont, 12.6% unemployed, up 474.7% from last year. Nevada, 25.2% unemployed, up 490.2% from last year. And the worst is Hawaii, 22.5% out of work, and that is a massive 730.6% increase from a year ago. For year-to-date unemployment up to May 31st, the five most recovered so far are Washington, D.C., Nebraska, New Mexico, Arizona, and Alaska. The five least recovered are Massachusetts, Florida, Michigan, Nevada, and Hawaii in that order. Unemployment data is improving. The number of continuing claims during the second half of May and payroll employment rose $2.5 million. $2.5 million, not dollars, excuse me. The turnaround in labor markets happened just as states across the country are starting to lift lockdown measures. The speed at which net new hiring can go on depends on those lockdown restrictions being lifted. Apple said it was closing some of its stores out of fears of a new viral outbreak in some states. It doesn't matter to most, if not all of the workers, their workers, as they will qualify for state unemployment plus federal. The payroll protection plan has evolved over time and has saved many people from the poorhouse. In early June, restrictions on how those PPP funds could be spent were erased a bit in the time frame over which resources can be used with, was stretched out. Beginning the week of April 22nd, the Federal Reserve began to extend credit under its PPP liquidity facility, and the size of the facility has increased every week since. According to Small Business Association, which helps oversee the program, 4.6 million PPP loans totaling $512 billion had been issued as of June 15th. So as you can see, and even when unemployment data came out uh, a few weeks ago from the, from the government, unemployment rate is going up. It is going up very slowly in some states, and in some, some states it hasn't risen at all. We've seen that whenever employment rates change, that drastically affects the stock market. Whenever employment rates go up, stock market goes down. Whenever, excuse me, whenever employment rates go up, stock market goes up, unemployment rates go up, stock market goes down. So in many states, unemployment rate is going back, is going back down, it is shrinking. And when we last saw national data on this, the stock market rallied. And that was the first rally we saw uh, a few weeks back. And that's when investors started to feel optimistic about the economy because that means people were going back to work, the lockdown was over, the economy can be, can go roll on as usual. And then investors were optimistic about it. And that's when people started taking money out of savings and putting it into the U.S. economy. And whenever fears of a second market shut, or a second uh, U.S. shutdown or stay-at-home orders uh, that's when the market started to fall back again. Uh, then call, come cases of uh, the coronavirus, 
rising in some states, Florida, Texas. So as coronavirus coronavirus cases rise, uh, uncertainty in the market rises as well. So as you can see, keeping out for unemployment and being optimistic. You need to be optimistic about all of this. I know you see bad news all the time. It's, it helps not to let that affect you too much. You don't want to let news affect you too much whenever it comes to investing, especially when it comes to getting out. Of the, getting out. If you're trying to time the market, you will most likely not time it well. If you let fear make decisions for you, you will lose money. I promise you that. If you let fear make decisions for you, you will lose money. So stay optimistic. And unemployment in a lot of states is going is going down. Nationally, it is going down. There will not be a second lockdown. There is no reason to keep hoarding cash. There is even a lot of people who are still getting money despite not being employed. They are receiving plenty of uh, PPP loans, unemployment checks, uh, the stimulus check that we that everyone received. Uh, so there is money out there for people to spend. You just need to not be afraid to spend it. There are businesses that need your uh, patronage. They need your money. And for other people to keep working, they need your money. This, the U.S. economy needs for you to get back into it. So do not be afraid to put your money, your assets, back into the circulation. To give, to leave on a, a little bit higher note, stocks are closing at higher early in the week. As you can see, if you're looking at portfolio, stock market is a little teetering. Gold has risen a little bit, uh, but so has the, the general stock market. Dow Jones, uh, S&P has gone up. U.S. stocks climbed Monday as investors continued to put faith in signs of a nascent economy recovery, even as coronavirus infection rates rise in some states. All three major in indexes finished the day higher, despite a rocky morning session. Large-cap technology stocks such as Microsoft led the charge higher, gaining 2.8%, though they were also joined by shares of utility companies as well as retailers and restaurants. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 153.5 points, or 0.6%, to finish the day at 26,024.96 point, points. Excuse me. The S&P 500 gained 20.12 points, or 0.6%, to close at 3,117.86 points. And the NASDAQ composite rallied 110.35 points, or 1.1%, to 10,056.47 points, a record close. The jump also marked the index's seventh consecutive day of gains, its longest winning streak since December. Monday's gains put the stock market on track to extend last week's rally, during which all three indexes ended the week up 1% or more, despite a stretch of turbulent days. Some investors expect that choppiness to continue, as looming un uncertainties surrounding the coronavirus pandemic, relations between U.S. and China, and the no November election weigh on traders. Data shows that infections have picked up pace in Arizona, Florida, and Texas. Those concerns 
have helped push gold prices to multi-year highs and started to mute this month's stock performance despite strong gains at the beginning of June. So as you can see, the market is going to go up. It will go up. Do not be afraid to put your money back into the market. It will go back up. If you put it in savings and you leave it in savings, you will lose money. So I encourage you, find an investment newsletter, subscribe to it, invest in the stocks they recommend. Put your money back into back to work. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm Alan Lanier. This is the Economic State. I will see you next week. <music>